Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to Beer, Brats, and Booyah, the Sunday morning edition. Uh, this is the Supper Club Sports Guys coming at you. My name is Marty, here with my co-host, Tyler Elbers. Tyler, how are you doing today, bud? Marty, fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing great, thank you. Thanks for calling in. Looks like a seamless edition so far. Uh, let's Let's get started, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Brewers hot stove. Yeah, what's in your heart, buddy? Well, as some of you may not know, probably most of you do, uh, David Stern straight away, Domingo Santana for outfielder Ben Gamble. Yes, Gamble's familiar. That is Matt Gamble's younger brother. And relief pitcher Noah Zabalot. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know if he'll ever make it to the majors, so we might not even need to know that. Marty, how do you how do you feel about this trade? Um, you know, in Stearns I trust, but it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me uh, right off the you know off the get go here. Domingo is a guy who hit 30 homers just you know two years ago now, I guess, and uh, had a 875 OPS, which is pretty dang good and uh that year his 30 home runs um is more than Gamble has hit in his entire career granted i twice as much as in his entire career <laughs> so i don't know it's a little shady but um i think we'll be okay um Gamble can flash the glove he's only played two like real years in the majors and batted over 270 both years. Domingo strikes out a ton. Um, we'll miss the power. Domingo strikes out a ton, but when he had 178 strikeouts in 2017, he still had an on-base percentage of 374, uh, which is pretty good. I mean, I mean, his OPS of 875 that year was in the top 30. It was in the top 15 outfielders in Major League Baseball. And he was 24 years old. I I understand he struggled last year, but they brought in a lot of outfielders. And he just, I mean, remember, we not only did we start the year with Yelich and Kane, but we also had Phillips on the team, Keon Broxson. Ryan Braun was kind of going outfield first base. Eric Thames, first base outfield, and he just didn't find his place, but he found a groove at the end of the year. Yeah, we don't win game 163 without that double at Wrigley. And what he was asked to do at the end of the year last year was just be cold, come off the bench, and come up with big hits, and he produced almost every single time. Yeah, man, he looks great in September and October. Now, why I think it happens, it makes sense of this. Um, even though he had three more years of arbitration control, I 
he didn't have any more options left to go to the minors. Um, ben Gamble does, and he is probably going to start the year in the minors. Uh, ben Gamble is a lefty, um, which helps um, because he's a lefty. His power numbers could go up a little bit at Miller Park, too. He did play uh, in Seattle's stadium, which is a pretty pitcher-friendly park. Like Captain's. What's up? I said it's quite cavernous. Quite cavernous, yes. Very cavernous part. Uh, they also got uh, the relief pitcher they got, 22 years old, single-A pitcher. I mean, he should be dominating single-A. He was okay. I mean, his ERA was right around three. His uh, walk-per-nine ratio was good. Uh, his K-per-nine ratio was pretty good as well. It's just kind of a lottery ticket. Uh, what I read that that Stearns actually wanted to draft him in the 18th round, but Seattle picked him up right before he could. So maybe Stearns just really likes this kid for some reason. He just sees something in him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of sad to see Domingo go. I kind of liked him as a as a player, and when the things like this happen, you know, just kind of like when Brett Phillips left left last year. You know how I was upset about that initially. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, it could end up being a, a good move, but it is sad to see him go. I mean, when we, when we acquired him, it was super exciting. I mean, we were all, you know, really excited to have him added to our team. I mean, he was a really highly touted prospect, and like you said, he's still super young. He's only 25, um, or maybe he just turned 26, but he's, uh, you know, a young dude, and clearly pretty talented so sad to see him go but yeah Stearns I I'll, I trust him yeah I mean he's done enough to earn our trust and he always okay to second guess always okay to second guess decisions though right yep so in addition to the uh, Domingo Santana move we also acquired second baseman and I guess just utility player uh Corey Spangenberg from uh, the Padres. Um, I mean, we didn't trade him. We just signed him. But he uh, had played with the Padres earlier in his career. And uh, he's a guy who's got a little pop to his bat, um, but really hasn't batted for average in his career. But he's got that flexibility you and I were talking about in last week's episode um, that Stearns finds attractive. So this guy can play second, third, and outfield. And that's just the type of player that, you know, fits into any hole on our team. So um makes sense and uh it's possible that he starts the year in the minors too. And actually it's probable unless he has a, a good spring. What's your take? I don't know. He's a, he's a poor man. Um uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh who's the utility guy for the Brewers right now? Aaron on? Yeah, he's a, uh, a poor man Perez, and that's, I mean, that's not very exciting or flashy. He's a former top pick. Um, I mean, he can help you out if there's injuries, but I'm, I don't know. It's good to have depth, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he might not even be on the roster by the time uh, we break for the majors, you know. He was cheap, too, so. I mean, these, yeah. are, these are the kind of signings that just kind of round out a roster. And it's nice to have a veteran um, on the team who can play multiple positions in a pinch. I did read that uh, some people 
wanted to do a platoon at second base with him and, and Aaron. But, I mean, that would – I don't think you really have a playoff team if you guys have – if you have those guys splitting time at second base exclusively. Yeah, I did see a stat. Let's see if I can pull this up here. I did see a stat on Spangenberg about uh, – let's see. Uh, against right-handed pitching, he had a – 754 OPS last year um, as opposed to 562 against lefties. So, I mean, that 754, if you do platoon with, that could be pretty, uh, you know, at least pedestrian enough to fill in some (laughs) gaps and maybe be effective. Yeah, pedestrian enough isn't, you know, Murphy or Kinsler or the guy you want to sign who's still out there. Lowry? Yeah. Oh, man, I was also thinking about uh, Garvis Solarte, man. He can play everywhere, too. I love that guy. Oh, sure, sure. He's a free agent, a of too. I don't Lots of options. Well, uh, should we move on to the Milwaukee Bucks here? Yeah, yeah. Today we have a special guest, Tommy Jangles. He's the uh, biggest Bucks fan I know. I usually get all my Bucks information from him, so I thought I'd have you guys get a chance to get it from him too. Uh, Tommy, how you doing today? Not bad, Tyler. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Marty, how you doing? Good, good. Great to have you on the show. Wonderful to be here. Tommy, I appreciate it. To hear from- yeah, good to talk to you, Marty. You got to get together, Tom, how, too. How long – we got to give you some uh, cred here. How long have you been a Bucks fan? Uh, the answer to that uh, would be my entire life. Um, I grew up in Milwaukee, been a huge NBA fan uh, for as long as I can remember. That kind of came from my dad, I guess. Uh, but he had, you know, everything, all the old media books I – Dug into the NBA history like you wouldn't believe as a kid, and 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 landed on the Bucks obviously because they're they're right here in uh, our backyard. That's awesome, and that's that's kind of a, a curse as well. Obviously, the Bucks franchise hasn't been uh, the greatest in our lifetime. Uh, do you, I'm sure, have a couple favorite memories um, as a Bucks fan, though? Uh, yeah, man, I think like most people, uh, the uh, Sam Ray Glenn. Uh, teams of the uh, late 90s, early 2000s was was uh, probably probably my favorite memories. Uh, I think you guys would probably share that uh, until recently, of course. So uh, with with Giannis, uh, this is just something totally different. I mean, we have we have arguably the best player in the entire league uh, playing for the Bucks. So it's it's been that's definitely been uh, the most fun I've had is is this recent uh, Giannis. And I would say Middleton as well, Giannis Middleton era, uh, since they arrived together in, uh, uh, what was it, 2013-14 season. And it's just been a fun ride ever since. I'm sure Giannis is one of your favorite Bucks players of all time, but do you have any others? Well, Giannis is easily easily the, the number one. But uh, I, I'd have to say Ray Allen. Uh, obviously, we should have never traded him. He ended up uh, going on to have a pretty good career after us. Um, and then uh, third, yeah, I, I'd probably put 
Yeah, yeah, you'd have to agree, right? He uh, he did all right after us. I'd probably put uh, Tim Thomas as my third, though, just because uh, he rocked that double headband look. <laughs> and I'm not sure anyone before or since has been able to pull that off, and that fact just can't be ignored. <laughs> Does anybody <laughs> want to try to pull that off again? That's the major question. What's that? Does anybody want to try to pull that double headband off again? I can't believe it, it was allowed. I, I don't. It, it looked kind of ridiculous, but for him, it just seemed to work. It, it never worked for me when I when I you know when I go to open gyms and would do that. People just make fun of me. <laughs> yeah, I always loved Tim Thomas too, man. I legitimately loved Timmy. Timmy Thomas, love that guy. I also loved Rafer Alston, and I'm not just like naming him because that's a funny name, but he was great to watch. Loved it. Mark Mark just Pope. Uh, Mark Pope deserves mention. There's a lot of names that we could just list through. It would be a that, was, that would be a fun half hour. We'll just do that next episode. Just say a random Bucks name for the last thirty years. That'd be a lot of fun. Darvin Ham, one of our coaches. And Vin Baker. All right, let's let's stop. <laughs> um, I got a question for you here, Tommy. Um, this year, the Bucks moved on from Jabari Parker, which has seemed like a good move, um, as he is relegated to bench time in Chicago, and uh, the Bucks, you know, are looking pretty good. Um, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I felt on on coaching change alone. Uh, we would see massive improvements. I mean, Coach Bud, uh, to me, was was an unbelievable hire, and I hope he'll be here for a really long time. Uh, to be honest, though, Marty, I mean, a lot like you with your Packer fandom, uh, yeah, I, I heard you talk about it in, in one of your earlier podcasts. Um, you hear me? Are you Hello? You're, you're breaking up quite a bit. I don't know if you're hearing that too, Tyler. Uh, any better now? Can you hear me? I'm good. Okay. Well, continue. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, yeah, no problem at all. I just hope you can hear me okay here. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I what I was saying is I, I totally am, am someone very much like your Packer fandom where I'm hugely optimistic every season. Uh, I've probably predicted them to come out of the East every year since, like, 1996. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I always am eternally optimistic when it comes to the Bucks. Well, now being eternally optimistic, obviously you got to have a good team together. Um, next year, a lot of players are not going to be under contract actually for the starters, um, with Malcolm Brogdon's, um, uh, option. And then, you know, we have to match it. So essentially he's not under contract either, but, I think the main guy everybody's talking about is Middleton. Now, is he worth the max, and is he a priority for the Bucks to sign now or when the season is over with? Uh, in, in, in my opinion, absolutely. I think Middleton uh, is a player that, that we can't uh, take for granted. Uh, we can't undervalue him. He is uh, the perfect 3-and-D complement uh, to play with Giannis, in my opinion. Obviously, we're on the, the, the heels here of, uh, of a little bit of a, a rut here for Middleton. Um, he hasn't been playing the best basketball this year. But 
I would probably steal an old line from our our 35-year-old quarterback up in Green Bay, and I would just tell Bucks fans to relax uh, because <laughs> I, I really feel that, you know, as fans sometimes we, we become prisoners of the moment. Uh, it seems like we lose one game and fans are screaming to trade a guy, uh, trade everybody. Uh, we win a game or two and the, expecta- the expectations are out of control. Um, I, I just feel Middleton's really been a, a perfect complement to Giannis, and now we're finally seeing – what they can be together, and Middleton isn't even playing at his at his potential or near his potential. Uh, and when he does, we're we're going to be an absolutely scary team. I mean, we we can't ignore. Last year, he averaged 20 points per game while playing all 82 games at 36 minutes per game. To me, that's pretty insane coming off of uh, an injury plagued uh, 2016-17 campaign. And I would argue too, he was probably the best player on both teams in the Bucks celtics playoff series last year. Now, taking everything that you said into account, what do you think the problem is with Coach Bud then? Do you just take this with a grain of salt, or are there some underlining issues here? Um, this is just me. I don't put anything into whatever spat there potentially was. It, it, it seemed to me like both handled it with class. It seemed to me that Middleton respected – his decision. I didn't hear him saying anything in the press. I didn't see him, uh, you know, acting uh, out of character in, in my opinion, but I, I mean, was there something I missed? Was there more to that Tyler? Uh, no, I mean, anything more to it was just speculation in the media taking it and running with it. I mean, essentially what I saw was Middleton wasn't hustling a game and coach Bud sat him. And we ended up losing that game in overtime to the Knicks. And then he didn't play for the next couple of days. Uh, one game he just missed completely and said it was personal issues. Now, when that happens, and the timing is impeccable to have personal issues. You know what I mean? For a lot of sure, media sure. people and fans kind of looked into it a little more than maybe it should have been, or maybe they were right to look into it. I don't know. Well, I mean, we're, 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 when we talk about the slump of Middleton this year, it really only amounts to a seven- or eight-game stretch of late November, early December basketball, and his track record would support those struggles just won't last. And over the last four games, in my opinion, I'm already seeing it trending in the right direction. Uh, according to NBA.com, Milwaukee is still 5.2 points better per 100 possessions, possessions with him on the court. And during a 19-game stretch from opening night through Thanksgiving, he was averaging 19 points per game with 45, 40, 90 percentages. So it's not like he's playing bad. Um, and I would, I would even argue beyond that, if, as far as the life of a, let's say, four-year, five-year contract, that'll have him playing through, what, his age 32 season? Um, and he's a guy, in my opinion, whose game will age extremely well. Uh, the best comparison in terms of basketball abilities I can think of is probably uh, Joe Johnson of Phoenix, uh, Atlanta, Brooklyn fame. And he stayed productive through his age 32 season, primarily because he just has an earthbound skill set. He's not an athletic guy who – he's athletic, but he doesn't rely on athleticism, agility, speed. He relies more on high basketball IQ and, and, and things of that matter. You, you see sort of what I mean by that comparison? Oh, Absolutely. Um, and Joe Johnson was okay, – it's kind of funny you brought that up too because he was a very underappreciated player as well, kind of with Middleton. I loved him. 
I loved him. He he was a guy who could take advantage. So he he took advantage of hesitations in a way that you don't see a lot of players doing. I mean, think Steve Nash, you know, in a six, six guard. I mean, you don't need to be the fastest guy because you understand angles and, and how to take advantage of, you know, timing and, and you're never really in a rush. And that's how I kind of, I see Middleton. And that's why to me, he's the perfect contrast to Giannis because Giannis is always, you know, hair on fire flying down the court and then Middleton's much more calculated. And to me, they fit really well together. And we're finally seeing, uh, you know, what they can be. And Middleton's not even playing at its highest level. And we're, we're the, one of the best teams in the league. So I, I kind of think we just need everybody. we got to do what we need to do to sign our guys, keep our guys together, and let this team continue to grow. So give that man the max is what you're saying. If that's what it takes, and it seems like in today's NBA, that's what it will take. So, uh, you know, it, it, it would probably be tough to, to sign that check, but uh, it's got to be done. If we don't, someone else will. I don't want to see him yep. on the Lakers or, or something next year, you know, uh, in, in uh, June with LeBron. I don't want to see that. All right, so focusing back to this year and not beyond, because this year has been pretty exciting. Now, do you think this is finally the season that the Bucks end their drought of not getting out of the first round of the playoffs since 20, or since 2000-2001 season? Um, I mean, early returns would indicate they are good enough. They've won 13 of 20 games against opponents with a winning record this year. They're leading the league uh, with 117.8 points per game this year. They're leading the league in diff- point differential at 8.8. When you're leading the league in these types of in these types of stats, even if it's early, this might just be what we are. You know, and, and the way we're playing, we're going to have down games here and there. Obviously, last night was a down game. To me, it was a trap game with the way it was as far as, you know, the schedule and traveling. But uh, the Pacer game was another down game. But you hope that they're just here and there. And uh, in a seven-game series, if you have one down game, you can live with it as long as you have, you know, four excellent ones. And I think uh, you're likely looking at a first-round matchup with, you know, the Hornets, the Pistons, the Magic, the Heat, potentially the Wizards if they can get their act together. And I think in any of those instances, the Bucks would win convincingly. Uh, home court advantage, obviously, is going to be huge. Pfizer Forum uh, is, is obviously incredible. Um, but I believe it's going to come down to the Raptors, the 76ers, the Bucks, uh, And I think, you know, why not us? Uh, especially this year, the way we're playing so far, why not us? Why not us in the sense that you think that they are good enough right now, without any help, without any trades? make it to the NBA Finals and compete with a team like Golden State? And I don't know. I mean, uh, Giannis has pretty broad shoulders, and I feel like he could, uh, he could, he could carry us. I, it's, it's, it's definitely not out of the question. Um, I don't want to, you know, sound like too much uh, a, a homer and someone who's drinking too much Kool-Aid or, or whatnot, but I, I, I really believe this year's it's a special group. Uh, now, will they make the, the, the championship? I have no idea, but I, I think they're going to have a, as good a shot as anybody in the East. And no one is really standing out to me beyond potentially the Raptors, but you never know. Will they be all healthy at the same time? Uh, you know, what Kawhi are, are they going to be <laughs> getting later in the season? He looks pretty good so far, but, you know, it's, it's tough to say. 
What what do you what's your uh, Marty, opinion? I I I I'm curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are as far as uh potential this season. Marty and I aren't um you know, we, we like we tend to drink the Kool Aid if you listen to last week's episode, uh, where we both thought the Packers were gonna make the playoffs with five percent odds. Um <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Um, I, I like the way the team's been playing. I think it's a perfect system for Giannis inside. you got a big man who can be a point guard or be a, a, a big man in the post that can find the open guy as well or, you know, dunk it at the incredible clip that he's dunking it at right now. He's almost unstoppable uh, when he gets the ball in the right spots. And that can carry over. It just depends how, you know, we just got to be hot at the right time in the playoffs. Ex- excluding last night, he is uh, eight for 64 on three-pointers. <laughs> Keep on that's, shooting, that's, big that's, that's, a, that's a 13% clip right there he's, he's shooting threes at. It's, that's pretty insane that he's doing what he's doing with, without a jump shot at all. But at least he's taking uh, them. Uh, I saw a stat the other day that Ben Simmons hasn't even taken, like, one shot outside of the three-point line this year. Can't get better unless you take the shot. Uh, Marty, you got anything? I was going to say you can't make him if you don't take it. Well, uh, tell, uh, <laughs> tell, tell Sam Decker that from last season, uh, Marty. Sam Decker, 15 for 100 last year from three. <laughs> Oof, that's pretty hot. Oh, boy. So glad they got rid of him. He's my boy, though. Oh, yeah. he's, he's everybody's boy. He's all of our he's all of our boy, but that's that's pretty bad. He's playing better lately. I don't know if you saw it with uh, the Wizards. He's been getting some clock, and he's he had a 20-point game. He had a 15-point game recently, so hopefully hopefully he's trending up, too. But I, I was worried that we would keep him just because, you know, Wisconsin fans – uh, you know, are blinded by the red sometimes, and I was worried that they would just be clamoring for him to get uh, minutes over someone that, quite frankly, would be more deserving, like Sterling Brown or DiVincenzo or uh, my guy Pat Connaughton. Dude, Connaughton is so good. Love that guy. Uh, anyway, my take on – Yeah, he hasn't been getting too many minutes. Um, but, yeah, as far as the season, I don't want it to be an echo chamber because I honestly agree with – a lot of what you had said, Tommy, um, with Splash Mountain out there and, and Giannis diving, you know, towards the the rim. I mean, every single time the guy's just driving the ball, it's incredible. Um, and the ability it, to take it out to him or Middleton and Bledsoe, any of those guys, any of those shooters, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tough team to defend. And, yeah, whether or not I feel like we're going to go to the finals, I mean – we're definitely going to win a playoff series. No doubt. No doubt. The bottom of the East is, is to me, pretty weak. Um, you know, there's the, the, the couple teams up top that look strong. But, uh, I mean, come, come on. Some of the, I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are, are in contention at this point for an eight seed. I mean, they're, they're not there, but they're close. And that says all you need to know. <laughs> but, uh, no, the, the, the one thing, guys, I mean, do you, what, what about the comparison to uh, – to Stan Van Gundy's Orlando Magic. Now, I'm not saying Giannis is obviously worlds better than Dwight Howard, but at that point, they just they just said, uh, you if you double team Dwight Howard, we're going to just destroy you with professional shooters, and that's what that's what you're seeing with the Bucks right now. If they double team Giannis, he's obviously smart enough to find a shooter, and our guys just have to knock it down. Beyond that, 
you know, when they, when they do like they did last night and we're missing, you know, that's when we're going to have those really bad dud games, but you just hope that they're, that they're not too frequent. And in a playoff series, what do we have one of those? Can we live with it? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't yeah, agree more, man. If you don't double Giannis, he's almost unguardable. Oh, he'll destroy even you. With, he'll, he'll destroy even, you. Even without a jump shot. I can't believe he's as good as he is. I, I and I, I'll, I'll say this on, on your podcast and I don't, don't like to admit this, but when we drafted him, I was not so sure about it. And I, I like to consider myself a good uh, talent evaluator, but I was like, what the F are we doing? <laughs> We're drafting this 18 year old that's playing Y in Greece. I, I thought he was the next play that ball for two years. Damian Inglis. That's who I thought he was. Remember Damian Inglis? Uh, barely. No. He had a cup of tea in the NBA. That was about it. Yeah, that's about it. He, I don't think he ever saw anything more than that one cup. Well, Tommy, it's been great having you on. Um, before we let you go, I uh, just want to know what, what are you doing for the holiday season? What you got going on? Oh, you know, there's uh, the regular family stuff. Uh, Tyler, uh, you, you, you now, as a, as a married man, understand that you just have to go where, you're, where you have to go. So there's lots of places to go this, uh, this holiday season. But I'm going to have some fun, man. Obviously, I got the little guy. And uh, he brings a lot of smiles to uh, a lot of faces, and that's fun to see. And uh, I think he's sort of maybe understanding that that there's some sort of holiday happening, and he's going to get presents. So uh, that's that's enjoyable. Great. I hope I hope Santa brings him a lot. Then Santa will will bring a lot. Absolutely. Uh, what about you guys? You guys got some some good plans? Uh, Merry Merry uh, Christmas, Happy Holidays, and and such and such. Yeah, thanks, Tommy. Um, yeah, like you, got a little traveling to do, heading up uh, north to northeastern Wisconsin, be in Appleton and Green Bay for a couple of days. Um, but nothing too crazy. But uh, always good to see the family and just eat a bunch of crazy good food. It's the best. Take some time off work. Just... Yeah, I got the next five days off. I'll be in Green Bay, just hanging out with family, enjoying enjoying my time. I can't wait or ask for anything better. Yeah, today starts uh, four days off consecutively for me, which is the first time in a while. So uh, it feels nice. Ooh, nice, nice. That's deserving, man. Hey, I had no idea that that was Matt Gamble's brother, man. You guys educated me today. <laughs> yeah, I have a, <laughs> I have a buddy who said today uh, – that the Gamble brothers are like Pokemon and the, the Brewers just got to catch them all. So <laughs> we, got, we got all the Gamble. Oh, all right, Tom. Well, it was nice having you on. Uh, you uh, Enjoy your holiday, and I'll, I'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Go Bucks. Tommy, thanks so much, Go man. Bucks. You killed it. Uh, Marty, do we have all time right, for some Packer talk or – yeah, I mean, you know, we've gone over, but uh, as far as I can tell, it's still recording us, so we might as well just do it. And if it doesn't record, so be it. So, uh, yeah, let's let's squeeze in some Packer talk, man. Also, you guys killed that Bucks talk, really professional. I wish I could have uh, participated, but that was really well done. Tommy did his homework. 
the time he did his homework, he knows his buck stuff. Did you have some malfunctions over there? What was going on? Yeah, all of a sudden it just, like, started skipping for, like, three, four, or five minutes. I don't know exactly how long it lasted, but, like, I I couldn't understand a single word that was being said for uh, at least three minutes. And then I guess when I tried to interrupt, it was actually skipping on your end. So I just sat and listened until it corrected itself. A day in, was in, actually in the life of our podcast. Yeah, exactly. I had to jinx it by saying things were going smooth earlier. Anyways... Yeah, we drank the Kool-Aid last week. We thought the Packers were going to make the playoffs, and then we uh, laid a dud in in Chicago. So we are officially on the outside looking in. No chance at a playoff spot for the for the Packers. Rodgers is, is going to play today. What do you think about that? Should should Rodgers be in even considering playing today? I uh, yeah, two words for you, Alex Smith. I mean, anything can happen at any point in time. He had a freak leg injury, broke it in half, spent four weeks in the hospital because of an infection in his leg, and he might not play football ever again. I mean, that should be the most compelling argument right there why Aaron Rodgers should not be playing today. I don't understand why he is. It's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Why would you risk injuring the highest-paid player in the NFL for a meaningless game that doesn't have any influence or bearing on next season whatsoever, except for our draft pick. All right. Now let's play devil's advocate and go over all the arguments for having Rogers play. I have heard on the radio that it's imperative that Rogers gets a little bit more practice with his young receivers. What do you say about that? That's a stupid argument They can work in the off season. They can, work in the mini camps next year. Like, I don't know. I don't think two games is going to make the difference between MVS or EQ St. Brown becoming a pro bowler next year or not. So I think that's a bunch of horse pucky, but, uh, <laughs> let's think too. say they connect and say they have a good say, say, uh, St. Brown has a six catch hundred yard game. Well, I mean, that mojo, I used to say it's going to carry over over an off season. That's when they've already had OTAs training camp and they've played 14 games together, including all the practices. You're trying to tell me that they haven't gotten enough time together already. Just fold it up and try it next year. All right. So I heard another argument too. So you're telling me Rogers shouldn't play in the preseason next year? No, he shouldn't. He never should play in the preseason maybe one drive just to knock some of the rust off, but I don't understand why they even play those dumb games. Get that out of here. You know, I <laughs> like, I understand that they want to sell these tickets and fill the stadiums and make people feel good about going to see their team play for one quarter of meaningless football before they put in all the reserves, but it's pointless and it's better for Rogers to be on the sideline during the preseason than in the game. One think? of my favorite players on the team, uh, David Bakhtiari, he had a sound clip uh, along the lines of, I get paid to play 16 games during the regular season, and playoffs are extra. Because we're not making the playoffs, it doesn't mean I'm going to lock it up. And that's just what I'm paid to do, and I'm going to go out there and compete. Now, I respect David Bakhtiari a lot. Part of me doesn't want him to play, to be honest with you. 
Um, but what do you say about that? Yeah, I mean, I certainly can't fault the man, and that's a. I like it. I like that he wants to play, and I don't think I want him out there either. But if he really wants to play, I mean, yeah, what are we going to do? Tell him that he can't, and then I guess that's what I want us to do with Rogers. But there's a lot of I don't there's know. a lot of integrity in that statement. That there's a lot of of leadership qualities in that statement. Um, but let's be honest. I, I read that uh, uh, Spriggs is hurt. So who's going to be Rodgers' uh, right tackle today? Oof. Is he going to be running for dear life? Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be yeah, a starting cool. offensive lineman in the league. There's another thing when you've got a 300-pound man trying to take your head off on the third backup right tackle is trying to cover him. Yeah, and think of how many times you've been sacked on third downs as is already this year. Yeah, I don't think uh, probably the league. I think Kaiser should play today. But I don't know. Do we want to hear Rogers' take on the matter? Yeah, let's uh let's see what Rogers had to say. So are you uh playing this week? Yeah. What's the what's the value of you being out there? Obviously not quite awesome and not just pride, but is there tangible value you can get in these final two months? Well, I think it's a lot about uh, leadership. You know, if I want to, um, you know, be listened to and followed and looked up to, um, you know, how could I stand here and say that, you know, these games that don't matter uh, for playoffs, I'm going to cash it in. I don't, that's, it's, it's just not the way I lead, and, and I'm super competitive, and I want to be out there with the guys, and I look forward to being out there. I know there's been several. So yeah, that's uh, that's Aaron Rodgers on why he wants to play today. Um, that was him on Wednesday. You know what he has to say that, and I like what he said. I respect what he said. Um, if I was Devontae Adams and my quarterback was going out for a game that was meaningless that could end his career, I would be okay with him sitting out that game. I wouldn't question his leadership ability or qualities or anything like that. Now. It would be it would help if the GM or Murphy or somebody just flat out said, "Aaron's not playing the next two weeks. They can be the scapegoat then. Let Aaron yeah. be on the sidelines. It's not going to hurt his leadership qualities whatsoever. Uh, someone else should have kind of taken the reins and just, you know, nixed it. And that's my opinion on it. I'll probably catch a little bit of the game today. And if Aaron is playing, it'll be more entertaining than if Kaiser's playing. So I guess there's that." Yeah, I mean, that's certainly true, um, that it will be more entertaining with Aaron in there. But I totally agree with you. That's what I've been thinking this whole time is why is the, like, Packer brass not just being like, Aaron is our our investment in the future. We are not going to risk any possible injury. We're taking him out for the next two weeks, and that's it. Like, then they're the scapegoats, like you said. Aaron still made his – postured, you know, he postured the media, and uh, that's that's all that matters. Like, as long as the uh, public opinion is like, all right, Aaron wanted to play, and then Packers said that we wouldn't let him, that's that's all I would need to hear. <laughs> that's fine with me and our regular yeah, average exactly. fans who would be 
you know, at least they'll be like, well, Eric wants to play, but, you know. <laughs> a couple wink-winks behind the table, and and then that's all settled. All right, well, so, Marty, I got to let you go. The wifey is knocking on the sunroom door, looking at me, saying, we need to get going to Green Bay. So, um, I hope you enjoy your holiday. Thank you, man. You too. Uh, great episode. We'll uh, look forward to seeing you. I will hit you up when I get up to Green Bay, and maybe we can get together and do an impromptu recording. Oh, I can't wait. Looking forward to that, man. Always a pleasure. Hey, safe travels, bud. Take care. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks for uh, listening today, folks. That was the first, that was the inaugural Beer, Brats, and Booyah Sunday Morning Sports Hour uh, episode. That was our first time having a guest on the show with Tommy Jangles joining us. And, man, he sounded great, really did his homework, and I was just flat out impressed. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll get back to you next Sunday. And uh, as you heard in the last minute or so of that recording, maybe we'll do a little impromptu podcast uh, together for once uh, live from Green Bay. So uh, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next Sunday, 10.30 a.m. as always. Thanks.